Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Ari or Arlen Bonin. I think I pronounced it better this time because we've been working together for like, well, not working together, but chatting weekly for a while. Um, For anyone who doesn't recognize the name, you should though. Um, He is the co-host on my other podcast, Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. Ari is, uh, he's he's doing a lot of work on development, um, like real estate development, not, well, also personal development, but real estate development, commercial development. Maybe Ari, let's start off with uh, giving us a little bit of an intro, sort of your background, and then we'll, we'll go into it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Glenn, for having me on your show. Um, I I was always interested in uh, in real estate when I was um, I was I trained as a teacher back in France, and uh, when I remember uh, getting my first assignment in Paris and looking at buying an apartment by then back then, and um, for some reason it didn't pan out, but uh, I remember back in the day already being interested. Uh, always loved uh, education, languages. Uh, I found that I find that languages are a way to. Uh, you learn through a language uh, how another civilization approaches the world, and uh, you know their vocabulary tells you a lot about uh, what what. And sometimes they have words that you don't you don't know they, that don't exist in your own language, and uh, so I find. I was a language teacher and then came to Canada uh, about 15 years ago and uh, didn't work as a teacher, worked for a foundation and uh, all the funds uh, that allowed the foundation to operate came from real estate and um, behind the foundation was a a real estate developer, uh, David Azrieli, and uh, I found his story very inspiring and and they had a book in their library called uh, uh, real estate investment, real estate investing in Canada by Don Campbell, which I read, and it's interesting. You know, in your introduction, you talk about personal development, and uh, every time before I do uh, something new, before I start something new, there is a phase of personal development. Uh, through uh, there is a lot of meditation and readings involved to uh, to you know to educate myself about the, this new this new chapter, and that's what I did. Uh, around 2013 to educating myself about um, residential real estate uh, you know and you the big lessons of this this book I read where you want to invest where there is a job growth because job growth will mean population growth which in turn will mean a shortage of inventory increasing prices etc virtual cycle and um, so that's what i did i uh, i started investing uh, in the maritimes and uh, yeah and I, I purchased uh, for pretty low prices so i was able to uh, uh, keep the units affordable so that's um, I, i've been uh, since uh, focused on affordable housing also interested in um, mobile home parks purchased one in canada and then saw how uh, it was almost a, a way of life in the U.S. in certain certain states. A lot of the population was living in mobile home parks, so I started looking in uh, in Arizona because the the numbers made sense compared to a state like California, and and the climate was uh, good for the, this type of housing. Uh, they would last longer, and yeah, and I I started investing there with with uh, with some partners. And uh, yeah, so that's my uh, my background so far. No, that's great, right? <laughs> and um, 
Ari is the one that, like he he really does play down how much stuff he knows and and how uh, how much how much property he actually owns. Sometimes I'm always uh, astonished by it. Um, so I'm going to talk you up. So anyway, <laughs> um, Ari. Um, so we wanted to talk about uh, you know real estate development, real commercial real estate. Um, what what are you doing in that field now? Like what what how has this progressed to that point? Yeah. So. Um... Early on, uh, the the people at the foundation told me about uh, commercial real estate. But my first my first um, foray into commercial real estate was a uh, was more out of um, was really random. Uh, this my my realtor at the time approached me and said, "This couple would like uh, it's their dream to uh, to run a restaurant, and there is this building for sale, a repo with the bank." And uh, could you help with that and make it happen? And um, I was lucky enough that I, I, I was able to secure the financing and uh, allow them to uh, to run their their to open their restaurant in a in a in a small fisherman uh, in a fisher fisher community in the Maritimes. And uh, so that was my first adventure. So it was a moment moment pop, and um, I learned a lot uh, in terms of. Uh, re creating a lease agreement and because uh, it was all brand new to me but um, yeah and it's it's only later on that I saw how um, cap rates were compressed for multifamily that I, uh, I started looking at alternative uh, investments in particular non-residential commercial um, and uh, I created um, I wanted to create a meetup group and as soon as um, I saw a post on Bigger Pockets by uh, somebody, a gentleman named Logan Hartle, I, I approached him and uh, and said, "Yeah, let's uh, let's do a, let's do a group together." So we called it the True Commercial. We meet uh, two twice twice a month. Uh, the first time is a is a live podcast interview where we invite somebody who uh, does a non-residential commercial. So. We've had people in the self-storage space, uh, industrial, a lot of industrial, because uh, this is a Logan specialty, yeah. and um, office, and uh, and then the second week, the second meeting of the month, we discuss deals we're working on, and um, and more recently, I uh, so we had in the very early meetings, so that was at the beginning of COVID, we had um, somebody join us named Ash Patel, and uh, and Ash helped me uh, through a through a deal later on and then uh, and then he started um, a mastermind and invited me to be a, a part of the mastermind and uh, i gladly joined and we meet every tuesday and we spend uh, we meet at 7 45 pm and spend about three to four hours looking at deals oh. together non, non-residential commercial and and yeah, that's how I'm um, I'm extending my uh, my knowledge about uh, non-residential commercial. When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com/coaching, a 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. So are you looking at for some, from some properties right now? Like, are you, you're going through them? Like what's the, so you get together with Ash Patel every week and then is he, is he analyzing deals with you that are ones for you? Yeah. So basically we bring deals 
and uh, he wants the room you know to start uh, analyzing deals without his input yeah. and um, he's a great uh, mentor for that and um, uh, I uh, currently I'm working on a on a so I one of the strategies he recommends is to look at um, properties that are mis mislisted mis uh, advertised and the way you do that is you look for commercial properties that have been listed by residential brokers and uh, so that's one way of doing it so and basically he suggests to create some bookmarks so you find all the you, you identify your geographical area and then you find all the brokers commercial and residential especially residential that um, and uh, and who post their the listings they have and um, so i've done that for uh, three markets in the US, Tucson, Arizona, Kansas City, Cincinnati, I'm using Ash's bookmarks. And it seems hard to me, like, how are you going to find those properties that are listed wrong? Like, do you have to look through every property and you're just trying to find basically a picture that is in the wrong field, you know, a building that looks commercial? Yeah, 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 it takes it takes a while. And uh, it takes a lot of energy. And I know, uh, so I, I like to translate goals into a daily tasks. And uh, so I have, uh, I spend, um, I use Focusmate to organize my time and in sessions. And uh, so I have four sessions every every week, one dedicated to uh, each uh, each city. So I look at the, I have about 30 to 50 bookmarks. So I go through 30 to 50 uh, lists and, uh, but you get, you get trained to it. You know, your eyes, uh, you recognize buildings, um, and and also you know from one week to the next there is not uh, big not a lot of new inventory so so that's one one strategy he he teaches us and um so i've been I'm, i've been doing that and i found i found deals that way and um and the other strategy is um to try and get uh, the the property into um to get properties that have high vacancy uh, and basically you you get you take control of the property you get the property under contract yep. for you try to get it for as long as possible and then what he says to do is you test drive the property so for if you can get 60 days due diligence so you're going to do you know the different uh, things you need to do for your due diligence the yep. phase one environmental and an inspection and, and all the rest but also what you will do is you will join a facebook group a local business facebook group and see if there is appetite you offer you know uh, okay i have this space for lease and you offer a referral fee if uh, the person helps you find the tenant and basically you test drive the property and try to find uh, tenants and get lois letters of interest signs during due diligence so that basically you create value without taking many risks because you have the property on the contract and uh, you just need to make sure that the the word is uh, the word is wording is accurate in your uh, in your contract so that uh, you're allowed to uh, to do that uh, that prospecting work you mentioned uh, finding higher vacancy um I'm starting to learn that I, I approached a lender a while ago and they wouldn't lend on stuff with high vacancy, but I'm learning that there's more lenders that are actually open to that. Um, is the, I'm just thinking, is the lending different for that? Like, is it almost like a, a rehab loan rather than a, a regular sort of long-term loan whenever you're, you have high vacancy or will they still put you into the same sort of programs as um, something that you bought was sitting at 95% uh, occupancy? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, you can look at bridge financing for yeah. that. 
uh, if you need more time to fill up those vacancies. But sometimes lenders, if you have a, a good history with them, and if you have, you know, on your team, uh, people that have a, a history of, uh, you know, filling up vacancies, um, will can look past the, vac the existing vacancies. And also it helps if you have been able to secure a, a, line, a letter, of, letter of interest and, uh, and a, a potential tenant. Would you buy a property that's completely vacant? <laughs> uh, if 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 the if the information i find out during um, due diligence uh shows me that uh, it will be easy to to fill up yeah okay because i i know I've, I've seen some of these buildings online where they're like there's no one lived in them for 10 years but it's like a, a 20 unit or 30 unit building and my mind goes i'm like likely doing all mechanicals and it could go into an excessive sort of spending in order to get these even in the, the hard part about it is the loans are going to be expensive on something that large and there's you you, you don't have any cash flow <laughs> there's there's no tenants it's uh i don't you know you need to be careful in your capital raise and also uh, try to negotiate an interest interest only loan if that's possible and um I know, you know, for example, if you take some examples, like uh, there are products I would stay away from, like uh, downtown office is uh, the, the only uh, chances of survival for that type of uh, product would be a conversion to residential. That's what we've seen happening happen in, uh, in Calgary, for example. There are grants from the government to help uh, convert those office buildings into residential. But uh, yeah, office, I would rather focus on a suburban office with, a, you know, walkability. That's a, that's a key element and, uh, and not, too, not, too many, um, not too many stairs. So you started talking about different types of like commercial. Is there a certain kind that you're sort of aimed towards, you know, that, that, that piques your interest more than other? Because when you say commercial, it could mean a lot of different things. It could be a multifamily. It could be, um, you know, a business. It could be office. There's, there's so many different things. Is there a certain one that piques your interest the most yeah uh two in particular uh industrial uh because it's performed so well you know despite covid and uh, especially you know i like industrial that's smaller and uh, multiple bays so that you have multiple tenants so that you leverage because you know one of the big risk in uh, in commercial is uh, is vacancy when you have a, a single tenant yeah uh, so so uh yeah so trying to focus on uh, multi-tenant industrial and uh, retail uh, multi-tenant retail with uh, services that are you try to uh, find services that are covid resistant uh, internet resistant and uh, that basically your neighborhood retails uh, are, are a good product that also i i like and um, like, where is your focus these days? Because I know you, you've bought in the US, you talk, mentioned Arizona, we talked about East Coast or Eastern Canada. Um, is, it, is it that you're open to any market or a specific market or like, where is the, is there a focus for something for, for a certain place? Earlier on, you know, I realized that uh, it was uh, living in Toronto that the numbers just, just didn't make sense. So I had to look further. And uh, so that, that has opened my mind to, uh, to uh, remote property management or doing things remotely. And um, in terms of uh, markets, I like markets where the, the numbers make sense and I, ideally easily accessible in terms of uh, flights. 
and uh, yeah, where the numbers make sense, where and, and where you have the, the good basics, like, you know, the population growth uh, based on job growth. So Ari, how do you give back to the real estate community? So basically, so one of the aspects uh, is affordable housing. I know uh, for good vibes and for karma, I remember when I first invested in, um, in, in, the, in the Maritimes, I would go to a restaurant, eat, and then I would pick up the bill for, for another table, uh, just, you know, as oh. a way of, uh, you know, doing good. And, and I tried to keep my rents low. So I, I tried to practice uh, affordable housing. It was possible because I, I purchased at, at lower prices and the prices now don't really allow for this. Um, I'm also part of a, I'm a member of a board of a not-for-profit here in London and that helps newcomers find jobs. And I find, you know, for me, it was key, you know, to integrate, to, uh, to assimilate to Canada, to, uh, to find a job, uh, employment was key. So I'm, I'm glad to be a, a part of this organization named Will. And yeah, I, um, I have a podcast dedicated to commercial real estate, uh, the commercial real estate podcast. And I try to feature, like I said, people that have, uh, you know, journeys from just individuals, not institutional investors, individuals that make it in commercial to share hope and also tips on how they did it. And yeah, so I'm happy to, to help uh, people uh, who want to get started. Uh, have a, uh, I could start a coaching program if ever that was, that was needed or a mastermind for Canadians wanting to invest in, in commercial. That's great. Um, if people wanted to, to track you down to, to figure out the, you know, as you grow this and, you know, your information changes or how do they, how do they get a hold of you to find out about these, you know, possible masterminds or, um, you know, all the different things you're offering? How do, how do they track you down? Uh, the mindfulinvestor.net, the mindfulinvestor.net is my website. And you can listen to the commercial real estate podcast on uh, iTunes, for example. And yeah, that's the best way to get in touch. Awesome. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I think there's a lot of value and I don't spend enough time talking about commercial uh, real estate. And there's a huge opportunities here. Uh, I really need to do more of it. There's a whole world on there. Thanks. Thank you, Glenn.